Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Welcome pleasure. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. I'm here with the absolutely fabulous, amazing, <laughs> ravishing Cheryl Pearson. And I'm here with the phenomenal, outstanding, magnificent, and completely glamorous, <laughs> glam, Nguyen. Oh, so close. So close. So close. Practice will make, after eight years, I'm <laughs> almost ready. I think that's the glam. Yeah. Yeah. So... Welcome. We've been having such incredible. I've been looking. I don't know if you know this. We've been looking, reading through all the comments and the feedback, and people have been sending back through, and it's just been phenomenal. Good. The conversations Good. that's happening, the Good. input, the feedback, and I think Woody behind the camera was just sharing before that he's um, you know every minute he'll have like ding 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 of emails Good. coming up. You got another YouTube comments. You got another review. Good. It's phenomenal. I love all the different directions. Just telling us we can take this. Yes. Because there are so many different. Even today's conversation. Yeah. Um, an hour doesn't feel enough because I know I can unpack that and we can unpack that for another conversation. So yeah. that to me is I love it. Yeah. I, this is hitting all my sweet spots in terms of my needs and my wants and my desires and things that fire me up. It's like bing, bing, bing. I love it. And one of the biggest feedback we're getting is the fact that these are the conversations that they wanted to hear more of. Good. And that it's the kind of conversations that these are things that we experience in everyday life, but nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Nobody's sharing about it. Mm. And well, I think one of the things I'm learning more and more is having an intimate conversation has been a dying art, mm. but I think there could be a bit of a swing back towards yeah. finding our way back to that. There are pockets of people, not everywhere. I'm not going to generalize and say there's a world movement. There's not, but there's pockets of people enough that love showing up for an intimate conversation where things have the time to be unpacked more fully. That's what makes it so wonderful. It's a platform for people to have conversations that matter. Yeah. And one of the, somebody sent a wonderful question where she was sharing that and it's, it's wonderful how people are opening up. It's incredible. But one of the questions that someone sent in was that, you know, I experienced so many ups and downs in my life. Mm. Life feels a little bit like a roller coaster mm. of, you know, drama and emotions. And, wow. And, you know, one of the things you want to do, want to learn more about is how do you bring stability into that? Mm. How do you bring fulfillment and calm and peace? Mm. And, you know, the feeling knowing that you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the big question? Yeah. So we don't have 45 minutes, do we? We're going to stay yeah. here for like three we days. We'll do this over a yeah. few conversations. We'll do this over a few days. So the first thing to reflect on, and thank you to that person, is what is it you want to experience in your life? So some people want the drama yeah. and more power to them. If that's how they want to be and they want it to be dramatic and they want it to be a roller coaster, then don't change anything. Tune out. Yeah. My benchmark always is, what is it that I want to be experiencing in my life on a consistent basis? And am I experiencing that? And if I'm not, and there's a gap, what am I going to do about it? What am I prepared to do about it? What am I aware I could be doing about it? And what do I need to go and learn? Because I have no idea what to do about it. And so life to me isn't, oh, I'm, that's just the way I am. I don't live that way because we're changing day by day. It's just which direction are you changing? Because yes. you're going to be changing. You better like the way you're going because it's inevitable. So to me, it's not, it's, just who I, it's not just who I am or this is just how I am. It's by design, as much as I can, given all the impact points from my past that I'm not aware of and given all the impact points that are triggering me today that I have no idea about, given all of the unknowns, all the variables I cannot account for, 
and therefore can do nothing about, given all of that, where is the narrow part where perhaps I can have some influence? And so I can't speak to the person who has the drama. I can speak to the person who's saying, well, this isn't comfortable for me, or this isn't working for me, because the last thing I'm gonna do is turn up with judgment and say, well, you should be less dramatic. You're gonna attract certain people if that's the way you ride, you're gonna have certain experiences if that's the way you ride, and if they're the experiences you want and you're not questioning, tune out. But for a lot of people, having more stability and feeling more functional and feeling that we can handle it, yeah. that's a gift. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not coming along simply because you wish it were, you know, I, I would count on less than one hand the number of people who are adults who are raised in such a way that their self-esteem is so intact that they believe they can handle it. Yeah. That's maybe two people. Mm. That's ridiculous. Most people are living their lives to various extents being pinballs. Yes. That life is flicking at them. They are reacting to it and they get flicked to the next thing and they react to it and they flick to the next thing. And I know this so well, this is how I lived. So if that's not comfortable and that's hurting, which it you know, probably does, what can we do about it? And that's, that's pretty well where I like to dive in. Yeah. That's, that to me is like, that's the conversation because that's the gap finding. I love finding gaps. Yes. People always tell me, oh, be, be optimistic. No, I'm gonna, Keep with my looking for the gaps and being curious for my clients and for myself and people around me, well, where isn't it working? And where do we need to turn down the dial, turn up the dial, or even notice there is a dial you could be changing right now that would absolutely move you towards more stability, functionality, effectiveness, calmness, more loving relationships. What are those elements? Yeah. That to me is, that's game changing. Yeah. That's life changing. It completely is. And I think the wonderful thing about your work and the quest that you've been on and, and what you create as a result of that is it lays out that pathway for people. Mm. Is It is tuning in to, well, what, what are those steps that I could take yeah. to bring in more stability, to take yeah. more ownership of, of life? Because yeah. so many people say that. You know, So many people say to be in control of your life or take responsibility or know yourself. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. How? How? <laughs> where, 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 do, where do you start? Exactly. So if, if I'm reacting right now, if I'm in a space where, you know, life does throw things at me and, and there are the drama and there are those things happening, where, where would someone begin? Mm. Firstly, be aware of it mm -hmm. and ask yourself, is this how you want it to be? Because again, if it's how you want it to be, rock on with your good thing. Yeah. But if it's causing angst, relationship disharmony, um, you're finding too much conflict within yourself and outside of yourself. Yeah, yeah there, are, there are easy ways of detecting. Yeah. This, this is not a good way to be living. I'm old enough now that I should, probably should have this area of shit together and yeah. I still am worrying about this. So self-awareness is step one, mm. just to be aware of ourselves. And that is such an easy thing to say and I could skim over it and say, be self-aware, but I'm finding the more I do this, being self-aware is one of the hardest things for people to do. 
if you're self-aware, you'll be able to take this journey. Okay, great, I'm self-aware. But most people, I would say most, yeah. are not self-aware. And they would say they are, maybe it's controversial, or they would say it doesn't matter that much, or I'm overthinking or whatever. But until we're self-aware and see ourselves accurately, we don't know the role we're playing yeah. or the piano keys to be playing to change the song. Mm. So our life is going to be this disharmony of just, just chords, just yeah. random chords being hit because we don't know we have access to these keys. Mm. So I'm self-aware, but you're only playing chopsticks. I'm self-aware, but you're playing something that sounds dreadful. I'm self-aware, but you only play one tune. And mm. for example, the workaholic, they take workaholic home with them and they take workaholic to their kids and they take workaholic to their friends and they say they're self-aware. Well, no, you're only playing one tune. Yes. That's not necessarily a full life. You might think it is, but it's not for those around you. So there, being self-aware is so easy to say, but the price of self-awareness is clarity and getting over our ego. Yes. That, and that's huge. Okay, so now where do I get clarity and how to get over my ego? And now we've got to start unpacking that. And so it goes. Yeah. So we are not going to get self-aware unless we have clarity and see things the way they are. The only way we see them as they are is if we can take our insecurity, which I call ego or insecurity, they're to me interchangeable, out of the way. And the greater the barrier in terms of insecurity or not wanting to be challenged or feeling confronted or whatever those words are people use to justify it's too hard, the clarity level goes down. Yeah. But they might say they're still self-aware. They're not. Because as long as there is ego caught around it, insecurity caught around it, a need to defend caught around it, uh, a need to push back, reject, dispel, deny, suppress, ignore, there's no clarity. Yes. Because they're not even looking at it. Because they're looking at the pain it's causing them or they perceive it's causing them. So I think the number one prevention to self-awareness is lack of willingness to hear the truth yeah. about ourselves. It's a lot easier to think it's that or it's them or... Yeah, it's something external to us. One of my favorite quote out of your Ultimate You book, the new one that's coming out, and I know it's not available yet, but it's, there's this beautiful quote in there, and it goes, the universe you're experiencing is you. Mm. The magic you seek is you. Yeah. Or you are the universe you're experiencing. I think it's in chapter one somewhere. Chapter one. Yeah, yeah. if anyone's pre-ordered the book, you've got the chapter one too. Yeah. Correct me if I've, if I've got that one wrong. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, and I think that's such a powerful first step. It's, it's to true. really own that whatever I'm experiencing, if, if I don't want it, mm. there's something that I can do about it. Yeah. And it is or maybe there's not, and that's okay, but at least give yourself the opportunity to see it clearly. Yeah. without the lens and the filter of the ego and yeah. the defenses and the challenge and the dis... Because all we're doing is moving it out of focus. Yeah. yeah I, I see what you're saying, but we're looking through the insecurity of ourselves. So, no, you're not seeing it. You're seeing it the way you dis, you're putting it out of focus. You're not actually looking at it clearly. We're not looking at the same thing. So the extent to which we bring our ego or insecurity to it is the extent to which we can't be self-aware. So how do we do that? Yeah. So then the question becomes, well, what matters to me more? Mm. Does it matter to me more to defend myself and defend my version of status quo, which is causing this pain to me, 
and or this relationship, or plural? Or is it more important to me that I have a great relationship with myself and with this person or people? Yeah. And then dealer's choice. Yes. You know, which would you rather? And I am equally amazed by the number of people who seem determined to fight for their version of status quo despite the pain it's causing, and equally amazed by the number of people who say, you know what, mm. whatever I've been defending, this is not worth it. It's not worth defending. It's not worth it. There's got to be a different, better, brighter way of doing this. Mm. So I'm going to give it up. But until we reach that point, that critical intersection, yeah. and we make a new, because we're facing it every day. Every day, Glam, we're coming across moments and opportunities to learn or to deny. Yeah. That is it. Yes. Every day. It can be such a tempting trap to be able to say, to go back down the path of blame, to yeah. go back down the path of, you know, it's not me, it's something, it's that or it's this or... It's my past, it's them, or you're making too big a deal about it. It's so, and especially when, and that's one of the things that I love and I admire so much in our class members because they're going on this journey mm. and often... The people around them will be bringing them back to yeah. the stories. You know, yes. friends who used to hear the blame, you know, ten times over. Yeah. It's hard to have a different conversation. Yeah. It's hard to even try to own up and try to have take the responsibility. I I find the number of people who can um, handle is that the right word tolerate enjoy an intimate conversation about a shift that someone's gone through, you can, if you can count them on one hand, you are so lucky. Like, to be able to have people in your life where you can say, well, I'm going through this change and they're interested in it yeah. and they don't make it about themselves or they don't tell you about how they can, you know, that's something like that happened to me or I know someone who that happened to, which is completely useless for them to just show up for your experience. Yeah. That's so rare and wonderful and a lot of people don't have it. So you're right to, okay, so we get to the point of clarity. Yeah. We're saying it's worth it. I want to let go of the status quo. Yeah. But most of us are surrounded by people who are saying, well, actually, you know what? I'm still on the more side of the insecurity and the ego. So you just keep those changes to yourself. We don't need any of that shit around here. Do you want another drink? So that's the most common pattern. So the quest is so important. That community is so important and communities like this is so important. So people can give themselves that opportunity to bridge. Yeah. Well, this is how I think I could be heading. Yeah. And there's someone there who's not going to hold them to how they were or how they prefer or what makes them more comfortable. Yeah. And, and then it's a whole other conversation for another day that they're the quality of person where they can hold the space for what they're experiencing and not what they think it should be, how it compares to something else or how it shouldn't be that. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. So there is no point in going through a shift within and getting more differentiated from the tribe and everything else we talk about, but having nobody to share the new you with or have that reflected back accurately. Yeah. It's that the beautiful thing is having that reflected back. So self-awareness, you know, you've got to become self-aware. There's all of that has to be yeah, unpacked. The, and we, it's like the tip of the iceberg and then there's all these things that you want to unpack yeah, in it. Yes. Mm. Yes. So from that, what, what, what advice would you give somebody who's, they know that that's the step. They want to go on the journey. Yeah. They, you know, they, they want to start unpacking those things. And because many of our members have experienced this and share this as part you know, within the community where it's like they logically, they get it. 
Mm. Like they get that's the path they want to go and they know it's a conversation they want to have and they've done some of the work and they just started, you know, they start seeing it, they've started becoming more self-aware and they can see how they're reacting. But sometimes the reactions still happen. Mm. You know, the emotions still come up and the triggers still yeah. set them off. And and I think the first step is be able to step back and be like, all right, I'm doing that thing that I do when yeah. that happens. What advice should you give them in, in those moments? To emotional reactivity? Yeah. To That's massive. To regain, I don't know, to, to regain that self-awareness. Well, firstly, you're human, so you're going to emotionally react No, that for the rest of your life. Mm. No one's getting rid of all their triggers. Mm. That's the stuff's going to come up, stuff we thought we dealt with, stuff we didn't know we had to deal with. Emotion, you know, emotional reactivity is, well, let's look at what that is. Emotional reactivity is we're in a conversation and you might say something and I'm anchored to what that represents yeah. symbolically and I feel the surge within me of whatever, fear, anger, disappointment, disconnect, rejection, shame, self-consciousness, whatever it is. How that is labeled isn't the point. The content's not a point. But that's emotional reactivity. That's going to happen. Yeah. The next thing you do, that's the choice. Yeah. That's where we start getting choice. Now, eventually, we can reduce this emotional reactivity, and we can talk about that. But let's just start with the easy thing. Because you're not going to prevent, in the beginning, emotional reactivity. In the beginning, if if we've been living a life that's uh, automatic rather than conscious, emotional reactivity is part of automatic living. Yeah. We're walking triggers. I have someone in my life who's a walking trigger. Mm. Everything triggers them. They get defensive about nearly everything. And literally any conversation will be worked within two sentences back to them, how it's impacting them and how it's wrong. Yeah. That's how they're wired. So, and then there's people on the other end of the spectrum and say, it's really hard to get a, get a rise out of them and they're so mellow and nothing's, and that, maybe that's got its own challenges yeah. as well. It's like, yeah. man, feel something. Yeah. For most of us, we're somewhere messily in between and we're going to be triggered. We don't know it. So we can't just say, I want to get rid of the trigger. It doesn't work that way. Mm. But we can have some say yeah. in how we consciously notice it Yes. and start dealing with it differently. So firstly, you triggering me is not about you. It's shockingly, horribly, apparently. Dude, don't say it. It's about me. <laughs> How is this so? I'm sure I want to blame you. You said that thing. But my level of emotional reactivity to it. So it's my, my dear friend Jen, she says we're, we're stuff's bumping up. Yeah. So our stuff's bumped. So you said something, the emotional trigger's there. What I do next? Firstly, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to say what I've been saying every single time or do what I've been doing every single time. And, you know, in some relationships, I'll literally say, I've always responded this way. I'm not going to respond that way this time. That's, there's you doing your habit. I'm about to respond because you know exactly how I re not respond, react to that. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get to do your reaction and we're going to play it out when at the end of it, there's just going to be, you know, just mess. Yeah. So pause, I'm not doing this. I, I am not going to do this. Now, you can't do that with everyone because that gets their trigger going. Yeah. What do you mean? You know? <laughs> so you've got to pick the person. It's like, but I'm giving as much as I can a general overview of where we can come into this landscape and change the palette a little bit. So for me, it's pause, I'm being triggered. I'm aware of it. 
I can't believe I'm noticing I'm being triggered. Yay me. Yeah. I'm human and yet I'm noticing I'm being triggered. I'm a champion right now. Then some of the glow of that wears off because I'm still triggered. But so the next thing, okay, so am I going to pull back from this moment and ask for a little bit of space? Am I going to have a go at not firing back? Am I going to be able to be aware through breathing whether this is a violation of boundaries or an, a, dis, um, a disregard of my needs or is it just me being triggered from my past? Yeah. And if I'm capable of half of that, I've had a really good moment. Yeah. So until we can begin that process, we're not self-aware. Yes. We're just not. We're still just yeah, responding on instinct. Yeah. You said, so I said, you said, so I said, grr. Mm. Or you said, so I pull away, you know, emotional cutoff or there's conflict or yeah. there's whatever there is. So, so I believe my great game of life, how self-aware can I get and how much self-awareness can I stand? Because yeah. sometimes I want to blame, mm. but it's this emotional activity. So that for me is kind of base camp. Yeah. You know, how much am I getting triggered? Is it, you know, how often am I responding, reacting, I should say, to that trigger? Or how often am I responding consciously to that trigger? Now, you saying something that triggers me and me knowing it's not you doesn't mean to say you can't be involved in it. So, for example, husband and wife or whatever version of partnership there is, you're my partner, you say something, and you know it triggers me. You are now in this yes. with me. Mm. So it's, yeah, I get that I'm the one being triggered, but so do you. So how can we both compassionately change this a little bit? Yeah. Because you know you, what you're going to do. Mm. And, and so now I'm going to be infuriated or whatever my reaction is because I know you know. So there is a partnership in this. The intimacy isn't, I'm just going to go away and work on my stuff and you can't do anything about it. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying if I can get to a level of awareness where I can see, I'm now seeing, which we're going to talk about patterns. Yeah. I'm now seeing this mm. and maybe you haven't. Well, hang on. When you blah, it's the if then thing, isn't it? The yes. cause and effect. If yeah. you blah, then I blah. Yeah. What's this about? How come there's always this if? Mm. And maybe the, the reaction's really poor. Well, you don't tell me what to say. Well, is that the best we can do? Is that the best in terms of self-awareness we can be? That compassion is gone and it's just personal righteousness. That's, yeah. that's not health. That's not stability. That's drama. Mm. So we've just got to keep our eye on the bullseye all the time. Yes all the time come back. Okay, well, yeah, you do have the right to say whatever you fucking like. Good for you. Now I'm triggered. You don't care. How is that bringing us closer? Yeah. And is that what we're here for? For you just to be in a relationship where you get to be anywhere you want and disregard, then why, why are we doing this? Yes. So eye on the target, eye on the game. The game is compassion and calm mm. and stability and functionality and this working as much as it can, which is going to take uh, such a level of self-awareness. And when I say to you, hey, man, you're firing me up and it looks like by design and 
maybe you don't want to be that self-aware. It's like, man, I don't, I don't, you're doing this great journey. I don't want to do the journey. Well, we're now at a stalemate. Yeah. But if we could, because I don't think we're going to um, deal, we can't deal with our triggers without someone. Okay. <laughs> Some help. If I'm on a deserted island, I ain't getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I really, just I'm not. But it's through people yeah. that we can begin to peel away some of this stuff and the great delight is when you have people in your life as I do who actually delight in that and they want that conversation and they're like really tell me more what are you seeing or I didn't know that what does that mean and it gets to open it up rather than okay I won't do that again no no you just shut it down it's the unpack that heals does that make sense the unpack is where I get to be self-aware and how I've turned up in this. And yes. because you're going to care about how I've been triggered and you're caring about how I'm packing it, I can heal through this mm-hmm. and maybe start gently and calming some of that anxiety that triggered me in the first place. So yeah. self-awareness begins with that. And, and here's the thing. Anyone who's saying, if it's not a soundbite, I won't do it, you're not getting self-aware. Yes. If this was simple, everyone would be self-aware. We wouldn't have any wars. There would be calm and functionality and wonderful relationships everywhere. That is not what I'm observing. So simple sound bites simply aren't enough. There, it's humans, Glam. There's going to be complexity. It's going to be messy. And that's the first messy muddle we need to roll our sleeves up for. And start noticing your own emotional activity. Yeah. That's part. Well, it's just one part. And I know this this conversation isn't just on that, but we'll do another podcast yeah. just on emotional activity. Yeah, because I think the message you share is so important about the fact that we can't keep reducing down to sound bites. No. Because I think one of the sound bites that's unfortunately come into this conversation a lot is that personal righteousness mm. of you know I get to say what I want to say. Yeah. And there is no longer that consideration for yeah. others. And same with the person who's feeling it, who's being triggered. You yeah. know, well, I should be able to feel what I want to feel. Yeah, and you're so right. Yeah, and then it, it, it shuts that down. And, but what if they're right? You have every right to say what you want. You have every right to be triggered. Has anything progressed? Exactly. Is this still <laughs> what you want? And it comes back to that question that yeah. we started at the very beginning. Is that, well, yes, you can. And we can either defend that. We can defend the fact yeah. that. I'm going to say what I want to say. Or and I'm going to be triggered. I'm going to be triggered. Or and I want a safe place. You yeah. don't get to trigger me and nothing's moved. Yeah. There's been no progress. We have in no way moved towards the target, mm. which is stability, functionality, yeah. feeling good and feeling we can handle it. Yeah. None of that happened in a space of defensiveness. Mm. It can't. So I'd love to go even deeper into self-awareness because there's so many layers. There is. Yeah. yeah. So another way, firstly, emotional reactivity, park that for an entire conversation. I'm meant to be just doing like, how do you get self-aware? What are some of the things to be aware of? So I'm aware I have a list and then there's that entire meandering conversation. One of the ways to get in our own way when it comes to self-awareness is this thing called cognitive dissonance. And it's defined a couple of different ways. Marketers use it and psychologists use it. I think it's another one of those sound bites. It is. You hear it, it sounds great. Yeah. We're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, but I wouldn't want it. But I wouldn't want it. I don't want it. It sounds like a bad thing. I'm sure I don't have it. (laughs) So the way I look at it is we're in a relationship. 
And the thing that's going to prevent us being on the same page, one of those things, is cognitive dissonance. You have a view of you, of who you are, and everyone believes they're a good person, every person on the planet, everybody. If you ask, every time I do this in the room, who here thinks they're a good person? Every single person puts their hand up, everyone. Now maybe that's true and that's wonderful, but some point statistically, there's gonna be some gaps, but no one can see it. Yeah. So, because we don't want to. Mm, that's so true. We don't want to see those gaps. So to me, the way I look at it in terms of what is gonna prevent this becoming stable or my internal world becoming more stable and functional and calm and working for me is the thing that's going to prevent it is cognitive dissonance. There is who I am and there's who I envision I am. And that gap is pain. It's all pain. So I envision myself as I'm a good person. I do the right thing by people. Um, I'm a great listener and I always come through. And then someone who we care about and whose opinion we respect gives feedback that is not aligned with that. You really let me down here. You hurt me here. The cognitive dissonance will have this person say, no, I didn't. You're making too big a deal about it or make a joke or dismiss it, or we'll talk about that later, or start working harder to avoid the conversation because they're not having a conversation with what this person said, they're having a conversation with the cognitive dissonance. And this gap, whilst it looks small, is what puts miles between people. Yeah. Miles and miles. And the longer they hold on to their cognitive dissonance, which to me is another form of, I don't want to see myself accurately. Remember, it's about clarity and ego. I am not prepared to see myself with the clarity in which is being shared right now, because I did let them down. I don't want to see it. And my ego is saying, I can't handle it. Yeah. There it is, that gap. And the more cemented that gap is, the bigger this gap between two people. And the bigger the gap, if you just do it for yourself. I'm a good person, I always come through, I always do the right thing. And you have someone say to you, it could be in a work environment, say, someone says to you, you keep putting things off, you're procrastinating, that's not who I am. And they'll get upset with the person. How dare you say that? That was bullying. I can't believe they're giving me that feedback. I don't like it here anymore. I'm gonna go somewhere where I don't hear cognitive dissonance. <laughs> which doesn't exist, by the way, because if the person procrastinates and they're trying to hold down a job, they're gonna get the feedback. So cognitive dissonance is the greatest wall between clarity and the calm we're talking about and stability. It is literally a solid wall. And the more we fight to not face that cognitive dissonance, mm. the more distance we're creating between ourselves and self-awareness. Yes. Instead of saying, is that accurate? which is the easiest question in the world. We get feedback from someone we love and who we say we respect. There's a big difference between respecting someone and saying we respect them. They give us the feedback and we say to ourselves, is that accurate? Did I let that person down or did I hurt their feelings or, or whatever it is from their perspective? Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. That gets rid of the cognitive dissonance in that moment. And, and how often you do that a day is your emotional health. Yes. How often you can do that a day. And, our, and the dream, the benchmark, 
isn't to be all murky about it like we just discussed, like we've just started the conversation, is to be like this. Tell me, you see a gap? Yes. Really? Tell me, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? You know, I crave that. I just, I crave hearing that. What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Mm. And is that accurate? Mm. And then that's, the, the, the idea isn't to be, oh, this is really confronting. I don't know if I can handle it. It's to be, you're giving me an insight that's accurate? That's amazing. Tell me more. Because that's getting rid of this cognitive dissonance. It's getting rid of between, the gap between you and I. Mm. or between me and whatever it is my endeavor is. Yeah. Now, let's say I'm going for a big promotion and I get feedback from a team member, a colleague, or it could be one of my team, or it could be someone I report to, what, whatever the relationship is. And well, and it could be something like, like I'll, I'll make something up, it doesn't really matter because the cognitive dissonance is going to kick in. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's preventing you is you put yourself first, you want leadership, but you put yourself, I'm thinking of someone that used to work with us a while back, you put yourself first in a lot of situations. And I gave this same feedback in three reviews and I gave the same feedback every week. And cognitive distance would not let them hear it. To them, it was the team isn't responsive, um, it's their fault, I'll change when I'm a leader, I got that a lot, or you just don't understand me. And I'm going, well, hang on. We're getting enough feedback from everybody. They're, they're reacting poorly to your dictatorial style. Yes. Is there accuracy at all? And what, is there a grain of accuracy? Yeah, I'll think about it. Next review, same thing mm-hmm. until they left because they just could not handle hearing on repeat something they would not face about themselves. Mm-hmm. The gap had to stay, it was sacrosanct. The gap had to be defended and protected and fought for. And me coming along and challenging it, mm. asking them to see the gap, shining a light on the gap, too much pain, they quit. Mm. And, and it was an inevitability, I remember talking with you about it, this yeah. inevitability. Yeah. This is not someone worth fighting for because this gap, defending it is more important to them than seeing it. Yeah. So stop trying. Yes. So there are so many ways that comes about when someone won't listen well. That's probably a level of cognitive dissonance kicking in or someone gets very defensive about some feedback that you know is accurate and then you've got to check in for your own blind spots and your own biases and your own need to manipulate. There's so many variables when the messy humans get involved. There are so many ways. um, For me, I was a very bad driver for a long time. I say that with no sense of pride. I have improved it now, but I was a bad driver. But I didn't want to hear that I was a bad driver. It was bad luck. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how many accidents it took me to realize it's me needing to be more careful. That was my cognitive dissonance. I did not want to face it. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know what I thought I was defending. It's very, very bizarre saying it, but that would be an example. Yeah. Or for me in my 20s, getting relationships with guys, I cannot begin to tell you how unreachable they were the ridiculousness, but it wasn't the guys, if I could just change them. And it wasn't anything about me seeking guys that were completely ridiculously not worth pursuing. It was simply that I just had to change them and everything would work out and then would be happy. And there's so many ways I can point out my own. And then one day, I don't know what it was. That's me. That was awful that that's me. The feedback was simply the numbers of failed (laughs) 
<laughs> inevitably when you get a number big enough, <laughs> apparently you've got to face There's it. There's some feedback there. Maybe. There's some feedback. <laughs> First couple of times is bad luck. It's, it's not me, it's them. And who cares anyway? But when the numbers are getting, yeah, okay, maybe there's something here I need to yeah. look at. So what would be some like early warning signs for somebody? Because for myself and for people who are listening, I'm sure, you know, we can know we know that we've got that cognitive dissonance happening, and we know mm. we do get defensive sometimes. What would be some early warning signs? Defensiveness. Yeah. So cognitive dissonance usually is um, heralded by the arrival of defensiveness, mm. uh, shutting the conversation down. Mm suppressing it, changing the subject, mm -hmm. using humour, getting angry back, turning around and blaming someone else for something mm -hmm. instead of hearing the one, you know, there's something coming my way, I'm just going to turn it right back on you. Take that, buster. Uh, avoiding that situation ever again. Mm -hmm. Pointing out it's just bad luck. Pointing out all the ways that... So the question always is, what's the constant and what's the variable? Mm. So <laughs> if the constant is you, as in not you, but if the constant is the person in every situation, you're the constant. The variables are the different situations. So it's literally, am I the constant in this? And if we're the constant, then it's probably me. Yes. And no matter how much the variables change, no matter how much I keep moving the chess pieces, I'm still the player of the game. Yes. It's that awareness. And again, it comes back to self-awareness clarity and ego yeah. and how much do you want to defend the status quo and again what's the bullseye yeah. we're going for functionality we're going for stability we're going for less drama we're going for feeling good inside and liking who we are and having relationships that are built on emotional intimacy and not emotional pr protectiveness now if we're shooting for that standard this is the conversation that has to happen it has to be. And you will notice as you get better at it, not you, but the person will notice that they get better at it, that they get better at this moment. Mm -hmm. They get better at pointing out times they've done it and they're okay and they don't feel incredibly self-conscious anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a lot of defensiveness and need to protect. And I listed 10 ways it can come out, yeah. but you know it's shifting when you start being more open to hearing it. Yeah. You answer the question, is it accurate? for yourself they don't need you stop trying to predict or control that so you don't get triggered so everybody around you doesn't fire you up and instead i can handle it and you go through the handling of the emotional reactivity i spoke about yeah. that's when you're getting more advanced yeah. in the beginning <laughs> is it accurate yeah. and am i doing any of the 10 ways i listed that we can defend protect and push it away or suppress it or deny it or turn it around or turn on to the other person or change the subject or use humor. There are 10 ways. I think in the book I list 15 ways, 16 ways we can do it. Notice that. That's a great first step. Yeah. Then again, what's your target? Yeah. What are you here for? You're hearing this feedback and you say you want to live a great life. Mm. Hear the feedback. Maybe it'll move you closer to that gold standard of life. Mm. It, it could be wrong. It could be dead inaccurate. It could be absolute bullocks and they're just talking from their own place of hurt and they want to control you. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in another podcast. Yeah. But for now, is there accuracy? Yeah. Just start with that mm. and notice what you do with the accuracy. Mm. Mm. I love that because as you're sharing that, I can see, you can almost see how this play out in society at the moment yeah. on social media. You yeah. Know? As you list out all the ways that we react and we, and 
in the defending, blaming others, changing the subject, you know, you see so much of that happening on social media. You see so much of that happening in the status quo. Yep. And I think it's it's perpetuating the problems. In, it's magnifying in the way. problem. Yeah. Because then you've got to add on social media virtue signaling, one of my pet peeves. Mm. So virtue signaling is, for people listening, and if you don't know, it's someone taking a moralistic high ground against someone else that they get to judge and blame to show their moral superiority to their group. Mm. And that, I I just, I can't abide virtue signaling at the expense of anyone. You know, if you're a good person and you want to brag about it, no, you're bragging about it. Mm. But to to then brag, to pull someone down, none of this conversation is in place. And the question of is it accurate, that's not being asked either. Mm. There's, a, you know, there's almost a pack mentality where as soon as the accusation is made, if yeah. there's a stance to there, yeah. it's yeah. It, there's this immediate attack almost. There's that emotional activity straight away. Yeah. So tell me more about the concept around you know, groupthink and how yeah. this plays out in, in groups and in social media and how I think almost as, as, as the status quo, we're reacting and, mm. and creating instability. Yes. Well, we're very attracted. You know, remember the, today's conversation, if I remember, I get myself back on track. We're talking about how do we get self-aware so we can start building more stability. And then we'll move towards some of the techniques for stability. For now, it's about how are we showing up before we even get the techniques. And one of the ways we can show up is through differentiation or groupthink. And again, it plays out in social media, but it plays out in life as well. So groupthink is this idea, if enough people sway the same way, I must be right. Yeah. And if enough people have said it, it must be true. It must be true. Don't get me started. If enough people, you know, enough people voted for slavery, didn't make it right, doesn't make it true. I'm, I'm just, I, I have so much evidence in history where groupthink is the worst thing. So I am really nervous of, skeptical, wary of, and separate from groupthink. If I see the crowd, if I see the crowd, if I see the crowd being swayed, I am immediately questioning what is it, what status quo are they seeking? And and I look for criteria. So in terms of in terms of self awareness, um, if I see the group swaying a certain way. I know my desire instinctively, evolutionary-wise, biologically, is to swing in because that was survival. Back in the day, you stack together. If you stuck together, the other clan didn't come and steal your women and you won the war and you got the hunt and you lived. That was a good day. That was everything to a good day. And we may have reproduced in some way. Terrific day. We nailed every benchmark. It's a little more complex today, but the instinctual desire to have this tribe come together and stick together makes me very nervous because its evolutionary purpose is now no longer in many ways. You could argue it is still in place in terms of countries and states and whatever. But for you and I, we don't need tribes. But so many people have them. And you see it magnified on social media. So if you're wanting to be self-aware because you want more stability and you want to feel good about yourself and you want to know you can handle it, then you've got to be on guard for, for group think. Detach from social media. Stop reading the comments, seriously, that are hammering people. 
disengage from anything that looks like tearing someone down. Immediately, this moment, never engage in it again for the rest of your life, ever, 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 no matter who they are or what you believe or have been told they've done, ever commented it publicly, ever again. Just make it a rule, as you and I do. We do not speak publicly of that which is hurt. We just don't. And we could. Just don't. That immediately separates you from the swimming shawl of sameness that seeks comfort evolutionary-wise in we are the tribe that's right and you are the tribe that's wrong. And it, it, it's, it disconnects you from that instinctual desire to fit in for survival because it's in all of us and you literally have to physically overcome it. That's the first thing. Then in your family at a more local level or even in your, it could be a school run or whatever, notice the group think. Notice the cliques. Notice that their tribes are cliques, how they're hanging out, who they're excluding. Whoever they're excluding, you include. You make that a rule. You just have a family rule. If we, around here, our family defends, supports, and sticks by people who are being picked on. We're not the pickers. We're the supporters. And, that's how, and you just raise your kids that way. We're the family that includes people. We're not the family that picks on people. That person is looking like they're feeling sad right now. We're the family that supports them. And you just make that your ethos. Where the family is going to support them, where the family is going to stick by them, we're going to be inclusive. You look for where groupthink is swaying. So one of the best and worst examples of this is there's this big movement in the world right now where if someone's made a mistake in their past, that should cost them everything, including their career and their proximity to a, you know, a good life. Apparently, you should lose everything. It's the equivalent of a public shaming. You know, coming to the city square or the town square, get stripped naked, we're going to throw rotten fruit at you, we're going to put you in the stock, then we're going to abuse you some more, you can stay out there and be condemned and shamed by the entire tribe for at least two days, and that'll be a lesson to you. We're doing the equivalent of that today. So we have not advanced from medieval tactics that we think are barbaric. Yeah. Come on. Really? In this year, knowing what we know about human behavior, looking back and being able to say that's really bad, we're still looking to create this tribalism where someone can be stripped metaphorically, symbolically of everything. Resist. You know, the whole point of this podcast, of this conversation was begun because I have a vision of how community can be. Yes, and how we can try, how we can come together and be there for the people. Yeah, and where that is not part of the narrative, where it's not one-upmanship, it's not righteous indignation, it's not I'm going to get you because I can or I see a weakness so here I come. It's none of that. So if you want self-awareness, and you want to know you can handle it, and you want that feeling of calmness, you want stability, get that out of your life. Never again be part of a mob that drags someone metaphorically to the town square to show them a lesson. Mm. You don't out a business that's let you down. Mm. You deal with the business directly as a grown-up. Mm. You do not get all your friends to rally and black ban a company that's made a mistake. Tell me the company that hasn't made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know about them 
If you can name a company you don't think has made a mistake, you just don't know about the mistakes because everyone, by being human, by definition, has made a mistake today. <laughs> today. Yeah. So never again black ban publicly. Never get a thrill at there was an example recently. A friend of mine told me that their social group for their school group uh, it was used as a platform for a woman who had bad experience at a cafe. The cafe had given pretty shoddy experience. It's their local cafe. And she was trying to rally people, the mob, the tribe, yeah. to stop using the cafe. That would have sent that business owner broke. Yeah. So my friend didn't step in, but her friend did. And my comment to my friend was, why didn't you step in yeah. and shut that shit down? Because that's a business owner who's got a family and who's got friends who had a bad day. You don't know what was going on for them. Yeah. But you trying to end them because of your one hurt moment, because your pride was hurt, perspective much. So it's moments like that where you're calming things down, take things out of Vesuvius. Everything isn't executionable. Seriously, yeah. people's pride gets hurt. We do get rejected on occasion. It does feel yucky. That is not a reason to tear that person down. Yeah. It is not a reason to go get them. Yeah. Or as I know, I've had someone say about me, we've got to take her down a peg or two. Mm. That's never a reason for that. Mm. It's, okay, that happened to me. What can I do about it with that person? If that's unsatisfactory, I'll make a decision about where I do my business or how I interact with them. But I don't need a mob behind me so that my pride is somehow restored. Mm -hmm. That is not restorative justice. Mm -hmm. That is cruelty. Yeah. So that's a major step in terms of groupthink. If we can just be smart enough in our community yeah. to start questioning it from that perspective and calling it when we see it, so when we see a private group at a school, we're going after someone, well, hang on, I'm not sure if this is really the place. Maybe as a suggestion, you could deal with the person directly rather than bring it into this community. Yeah. And all the best with that, I'm here for you. Mm. And then if it happens again, have a community standard as we do in our communities. Our community standard is no one gets to bag out someone, you've got a problem with the person, you speak with the problem. With the person, our university, they made an announcement. If you have a problem with someone, you don't take it to them. You take it to a counsellor. Yeah. That's groupthink. Mm. Are you kidding me? So no one's allowed to, Glam, I've got a challenge. Or as I generally say to you, as I generally say, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, getting real, that's yeah. pretty well the point in our relationship. Say, no, you're right. You're right. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> But no, we're not allowed that. We have to go dob them in and it has to be investigated behind this person's back so they become a perpetrator oh. in silence. So no, that's not how we're going to ride. You want to be part of a healthy community and you want stability? You go to the person maturely and you learn conflict skills, conflict resolution skills. You don't know how to manage conflict? Stick around. We'll teach you conflict resolution skills. Yeah. But you don't avoid it and try and hurt them from behind secretly, somehow restoring your own hurt pride. That's a lot on groupthink. Yeah. <laughs> so as we take these steps and you know, to move closer towards living an awesome life and mm. creating the life that we actually want, you know, there's all these kind of little landmines that you want to kind of navigate around and be able to... Or hit and learn. Yeah, or, or hit and learn. And have blow, yeah, blow shit up and learn. Yeah. This is what happened. I think that's more likely. 
Yeah. We're going to hit the minefield. We're yeah. going to hit the mine. That, yeah. that is living. Mm. It's, wow, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Now let's backfill what happened. Yeah. Let's reverse engineer it. Let's learn from it. Let's have a group discussion yeah, about it. it. Let's get rid of our self-consciousness about it. Yeah. Let's fess up to it. Let's say it's accurate. Yeah. And now I'd like to learn a different way. I think it's probably more closely aligned to what life is. Yeah. Mm. I think this has been such a wonderful conversation Good. for us Thank to you. paint the picture of what is it we're going for? Yeah. What What is this awesome life that we're going for? What would self-awareness look like? Mm. And I think that was probably the, the most, uh, like the most dynamic and, and deep conversation we've had, all the different layers of self-awareness. And I, I certainly feel like, I, I hope you are, let us know what you're thinking in the comments. That's such a more wonderful and full and deep look into self-awareness well it's very generous of you hopefully i hope so definitely thank you be more self-aware self <laughs> <laughs> and i think we need a whole other conversation now about well now now knowing what is it we're shooting mm. for yeah what are the tools that can get us yep. there how do yeah. we learn to recognize some of the patterns yep. and see it play out how do we start making choices that are remove the conscious dissonance and are more in alignment yep. with our values, our beliefs, who we want to become. Yep. And I think that's a whole, a whole other episode. Yeah, let's do that. Conversation. Let's, Fantastic. Let's do that I mean. And I hear. Mm, you have heard. In the grapevines that we might be having this conversation. Yeah. With the two of us. Yeah. And a whole lot more people. Yeah, live. All around Australia. Live. live. Yeah. So we're going, we're not going the whole of Australia. Truth be told. Truth be told. Yeah, we're doing... We're going as far as we can. Yeah, we're going Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Yes. And we're going to invite people along. Yes. Get to come in. We're, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to unpack what comes along in the room. So show up with your questions, with your curiosity, what's going on in your own life. I don't mind where you take it. Glam is going to be my incredible wing person and moderate and channel the right stuff and the good stuff my way. Yeah. And so any question on any topic. So we yeah. can do topics we're doing now. We can do anything on business, marketing, leadership. Um, where else can we go? Yeah, coaching. Personal transformation. Yeah. Thinking models, thinking styles. Yep. There's some really incredible models that I know lots of people will be wanting us to unpack. I would love to talk about Or I can handle questions, anything from what's going on in the world in terms of a perspective yeah. or a model that I bring to it to bring me a sense of I can make sense of it or yeah. I cannot make sense of this. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. Or perhaps what can we do on the ground level so we can... Yeah shift the narrative a little bit in our community, even if we're not changing the world narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's unlikely that any one individual is going to change the world, but we can certainly have an impact. And if enough individuals are looking to make that impact, yes. that does change yeah. the world. So there'll be a link or button below where you can click in and make sure you reserve your ticket to it. There's only limited seats available. Yeah. So we're gonna try to squeeze as many people in as we possibly can. I don't, I can't, I don't think you've ever done this before. I have not. So this is going to be it's brand new. We've never done it before. We would love for you to be a part of it. We'd yeah. love to have you there. It'd be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you bring, what the audience brings, because I'm very open to, you know, one of my favorite things is not a prepared speech, but to just surprise me with a question that I'm not expecting, because then I love the challenge of yeah. figuring out my models yes. and testing my frames yeah. and finding where they can be improved. Yeah. So that discourse to me is wonderful. It just lights me up like a crystal. I just think it's fantastic. <laughs> 
I trust you got value from this podcast. We had so much fun and delighted in bringing it to you and for you and for your loved ones. If you haven't yet, your subscription would be absolutely fantastic. Your subscription and your feedback means that we get to rate higher. If we get to rank higher, more people get to hear this message. You can also help out if you'd love to. Once you subscribe by sharing this podcast with someone who you believe this message may resonate with and create a discussion around it. Just enjoy it and interact with it however you choose. But most importantly, we'd love your subscription. See you the next episode.